when you get people in a room that are, you know, that know what they're doing, they've got big goals, they've got a good mindset and they're willing to help each other. It just, there's some magic that happens at those tables. What's up, everybody? My name's Mike Shogren here with my co-host, Emmanuel Pani. We're part of a group of specialized real estate investors you've probably never heard of. We didn't start with deep pockets or wealthy families, and we don't rely on 401ks, mutual funds, or traditional real estate investing. In fact, many of us don't even own the properties that fund our freedom. If you ask the money experts out there, they'd say what we do is impossible, yet it's happening every single day. It's happening through a new niche called short-term rentals. We are Short-Term Rental Nation, and these are our secrets. All right, what's going on, SCR Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Tuesdays with Mike and Mike. I am your host, Mike Shogren. Here, as always, with my main man, Mr. Mike Riley. What's happening, Mike? Doing awesome, man. I'm pumped up from uh, from the week last week, and uh, yeah, yeah, doing awesome. Love it, dude. Love it. So, yeah, last week we had our boardroom event. So, for those of you that don't know, our boardroom mastermind, uh, it's really geared for our highest level operators, you know, seven-figure SCR operators and boutique hotel operators. Uh, we get together three times a year in person. Uh, we do some other stuff as well, weekly calls and everything else. But I always come out of those events on fire and uh, just jacked up, man, from seeing what people are doing. And this event was no different. We had a lot of fun, had it at the Boston Harbor Hotel, which is an incredible venue uh, right on the water, right in downtown Boston. and um, had a really cool lineup of, of folks. And this one was really geared towards pretty heavy on the hotel side. And so, you know, we had our welcome party Tuesday night, which unfortunately I was unable to attend because I had a crazy stomach bug and that was a whole other side tangent, which sucked. But Wednesday we kicked it off with um, Nate Dodson from crowdfundinglawyers.com and um, really good dude, but basically broke down the right way to raise money for hotels and kind of broke down all the different strategies, all the different regulations and types of fundraising that you can do. Everything from, you know, a blind fund all the way to different types of syndications, whether you're accredited, not accredited, sophisticated, basically how to raise money the right way. Because if you don't and you cut corners, you can literally end up in federal prison. So don't make that mistake. Pay the right attorneys to set everything up and educate you. But Nate's a great resource, really good dude, flew in, absolutely crushed it. And uh, I could see a lot of eyes widening around, man, I could go so much bigger leveraging some of these uh, capital raising tools to do bigger yeah. and better deals. 100%. I mean, we talked to a lot of people and everybody's like, well, what's your biggest constraint right now? And it's money. You know, if I, if I only I had the money to go out and do more deals in this, you know, economic state that we're in right now, Nate solves that. And I think the biggest takeaway for all the people who haven't raised money before, myself included, is you need to start getting a following of people and starting with that. Like share with family, friends, loved ones, the people in your network, share on your socials topics around what you want to raise money for. If it's a business, if it's a hotel, if it's a short-term rental business, if it's a fund for buying short-term rentals, like share information on short-term rentals. Not necessarily, hey, I've got this deal. It's, hey, you know, this is kind of where the economic you know, market is at in short-term rentals right now. Start a newsletter, do it once a month. Like get yourself out there. And then when the deal comes, you can raise money for it. So that was a pretty I I thought he crushed his talk. It's it's hard going first. And I thought he did a really, really good job. And you're right, open some eyes. If if I had to summarize, kind of just elaborating on what you said, at the end of the day, people are investing in the operator more so than the deal. Mm -hmm. Right. Like if they trust you as the operator, as the syndicator, 
then they're going to trust the deal, right? So it's really based on your reputation. And when you're getting started, who are people that trust you? It's people that know you already, right? So if you're not telling people what you're doing, you're not, you know, we got Thanksgiving coming up. Like if you're not talking about your business at the Thanksgiving dinner table with all your extended family, like that is a wasted opportunity. Mm -hmm. Like just talk about it. And I think some people feel weird about that, but you may inspire people, even if they don't invest with you, you might inspire somebody else. Like I remember exactly. when I got into this business, man, it was a friend that inspired me that was like, had these side businesses going while working a job. And I was like, wow, I never even had that idea that I could have like a business on the side to make some extra income. So that was a light bulb moment for me. But if he never told me about that, I'd probably still be sitting in a cubicle at a, at a nine to five every day. So make sure you're telling people what you're doing. Next after him, we had uh, Nick Turner, who works for Lark Hotels. So they're a huge hotel management company. They specialize in boutique properties. They've got like 50, I think he said 57 deals now. They're actually managing my latest hotel acquisition. Real great company, really good dude. And he did a whole workshop on how to underwrite hotels. And again, there's a lot of different thought processes and understanding the numbers is crucial. Right. And if it's your first deal, it's like, well, how do I know what the expenses should be? How should I analyze this stuff? And he really broke that down and gave some really good rules of thumb based on his experience underwriting thousands of deals at this point and seeing, you know, how those numbers actually pencil out once they're operational. So he gave a lot of good value, a lot of good rules of thumb for that. So it's going to save people a ton of time and keep them out of bad deals, which, yeah. you know, I'd rather see people miss a good deal than take down a bad deal. I'll just yeah. put it that way especially once you get in commercial. I loved what he, um, so one of the biggest takeaways I had from him was hotels are really shooting for like 50, 55, 60% occupancy, like over three years and stabilizing after three years. You know, we underwrite deals all the time of like 70, 75, 80% in short term rental world. Well, that's not the case in the hotel world. And also there's, we should be doing this with our, with our short term rentals is it scales too. It's like, you know, you may underwrite it for 60% in year one, but 70% you got access to, you know, or second year you got access to 70%. And you keep adding value into the property and you build your list, your occupancy is going to grow. So that was the biggest takeaway and eye opener for me from Nick's. One of the things that I've learned from, from running hotels over the years and just, you know, studying competition and the industry to that point is we typically have very high occupancy rates with STRs, which is great. But you really want to measure your portfolio based on RevPAR. And all that that is, is like you take 30 days in the month or you take your revenue for the month, divide it by the number of days in the month. That's how much that property actually made you per day, right? And with hotels, you do that per key or per, per room. And when I started to look at our portfolio, comparing it to some of the others through different STR and CoStar reports, I'm like, man, we're killing these guys. Like our occupancy is so much higher. Like they don't even know what they're doing. But then when you look at their RevPAR, it was higher than ours. So, you know, at a high level, their thought process is if you're over 60% booked, you're not charging enough, right? So let that sink in for a minute, you know, because at a hundred percent occupancy, that's a lot more turnover. It's a lot more cleans. It's a lot more, you know, wear and tear on your property when you could make the same or more money, just charging a better rate and just floating some of that vacancy. That's fine. Uh, it was just one of those things, again, paradigm shift of, huh, I didn't really look at it from that standpoint. I'm just trying to fill it up to make sure I'm getting as much for my money as possible. But when you reframe it and you really think about like, how much did this thing actually make me per day? Hmm. 
maybe I'd rather be 50% occupied and make the same amount of money because there's less wear and tear on my property. So uh, when people are like, what's better, a higher nightly rate or a higher occupancy, the answer is a higher rev bar. All right, that's the equalizer. So that was really good. Kick that off, learn how to raise the money, learn how to underwrite the deals. And then we switched gears a little bit and talked about uh, forecasting. And, you know, for a lot of operators, they operate in seasonal markets. And one of the things that I've heard from a lot of people, especially when they're uh, working to leave their jobs, or maybe they're in a position where technically on paper, like they're making enough money to leave their jobs, but they feel this anxiety around leaving because they're like, yeah, but I have good months and I have bad months. And I'm like, well, if you knew how to forecast and budget and basically manage that cash flow over a 12-month period, you'd have a lot more peace of mind, right? So Chris Petsy, one of our coaches, was my first mentee. He's got over 70 properties now, heavily, um, heavily seasonal markets up here in New England, basically beach markets up in New England. And so he makes the majority of his money from Memorial Day through September, and then it's pretty slow. And he works on some other strategies that we'll talk about here in a minute. But he has to, to budget and manage his cash flow. So he broke down how he does his forecasting for the year, what his monthly process is to review that forecast versus actuals and adjust accordingly. It's not always the sexiest topic, but it is so crucial. And honestly, it gives you the most peace of mind when you actually understand your numbers. That's when you become a business owner in my standpoint, when it's not just this little side hustle thing that just spits out some money and, okay, cool. Can I project and forecast what this business is going to do and what levers I can pull to hit the numbers that I want to hit and then understand the story in my P&L every single month. Like what actually happened? I'm going to say this because it's so freaking impressive. For 73 units that Chris has, is a 59% profit margin in his business. Like 59%. That's insane. If you look at all the businesses that are out there, like people are shooting for like 30% really good profit margins on any business. And he's got 59% at 73 units. He's only been doing this three and a half years. So I remember having a conversation with him at SCR WealthCon, what, 2022. And uh, he was at 20 units. And he was trying to figure out, like, what should my profit margins be? And we forecasted to get him out of his job. That was in February, right? That's when the first, the first one was. He wanted to get out of his job by June. And we forecasted, all right, over the next six months, you need to add this many properties at this much profit margin in order to get you out. And he got 30 was his like kind of magic number. Now at 73, maintaining those profit margins is absolutely insane. He's doing pretty good. We'll just put yeah. it that way. <laughs> yeah. So his, uh, his escrow account looks pretty nice and his wallet does too. But it's also, he harped on cash reserves too. Like he's in a very big, uh, very seasonal market up in New Hampshire and like kind of the New England area. So having the cash reserves to get him through that, that slow season and ramped back up for, you know, for the summer and like how many people do they need to hire? So when you're, when you're thinking about scaling seven, eight figures, being able to forecast what that looks like down to the percentage of what you're going to hit, um, like, cause he looks at actuals and projections and he's pretty dang close every time. So it's just, it's super Super impressive. And I think it really, just like what you said, sets the standard for, for our business. And more on the fun side, right? Like he was showing us like basically what he's going to pull for a, a distribution from the business at the end of the year. And it was a nice distribution, right? But the only reason he has the confidence to do that is because he's forecasted out, like you said, of like, okay, what, how much capital am I going to need 
to float me through to my next busy season, right? So because he understands the numbers, he's comfortable, you know, without any anxiety, taking a very, very nice distribution, you know, at the end of the year, along with paying himself every single month. But it's like, okay, you get to a certain point, we have a bunch of cash in the bank, but you're like, can I touch this or not? Right? Like, what am I missing? And so, you know, that's a big piece of it when you understand your numbers. So not going to beat on that, but you really need to understand your numbers. Again, these are some of our highest level operators. And if they need to really dial that in, most likely you do too. So start paying attention to your numbers, start forecasting out, reviewing your 2023 performance. Okay. What do we think we can do in 2024 based on what we did this year? Right? So just start to make that habit. Then we brought up, well, I'm skipping a little bit, but from a presentation standpoint, then we jumped into uh, Ruben Kanya. A uh, really good friend of mine, he just moved back up here to Massachusetts, so I'm pumped to have him in my backyard. Really good friend uh, who's been really crushing the midterm rental strategy through insurance companies. And there's definitely niches within niches. You know, you have travel nurses, you have other different avenues, military stuff like Noble Crawford's doing, but he's really crushed the insurance game. So basically placing displaced families for stuff that's happening in their home and the margins that you can make on that are crazy. Yeah. Ruben's just an all-around great dude. Great presenter. If you ever get the chance to go to one of the workshops or, or see him at go one of the webinars, it's very interactive. And he's, a, he's an unbelievable presenter. And I, I think the biggest takeaway from, from him is just building relationships with the right people and focusing on building a world-class business that everybody like, wants to work with you in. And, um, and he's really set the standard for the midterm rentals. I know he's working with a lot of, a lot of really smart people like Rachel as well but he's really set the standard for getting those high profiting insurance bookings through midterm rentals. And it's, it's not only STRs, it's also hotels too. And he talked about that for about 10, 15 minutes. So very eye opening for the whole crew. hundred percent. Also on the first day we mixed in some hot seats. So we broke out the group into uh, a bunch of smaller groups. And basically we asked them to just bring what their biggest challenge was and their biggest bottleneck in their business right now. And they all masterminded around it. And the interesting thing is when we do these events and we do these hot seats and breakout sessions, when we ask them for feedback later, every single time they say that that's the most valuable thing in the whole event, regardless of the amazing speakers that we work to bring in and all the content, they get so much out of just the masterminding about each other's businesses, right? Because when you get people in a room that are, you know, that know what they're doing. They've got big goals. They've got a good mindset and they're willing to help each other. It just, there's some magic that happens at those tables. So that was amazing. That was day one. Then on day two, I kicked things off and basically broke down kind of an overview or recap of phase one of our latest hotel project of, you know, how did we find it? Why did we like it? How did we finance it? What were the numbers? How did all that look like? Uh, what did the property look like before when we bought it? And then what does it look like now after we renovated it? just to give them a whole overview of that entire project and then what our plans are for phase two and potentially phase three. Then we jumped on a bus, drove up and actually got a behind the scenes tour of that property. So we got to take them in a bunch of the rooms, kind of showed them the back of the house, what the laundry facility looks like, what the team looks like, how do we find the team, all these different things and uh, just had some fun with it. Then we went back to, uh, to Boston, had a nice lunch and then we brought in uh, my mindset mentor, Dave Conway, who was... Bob Proctor's protege. And uh, this guy has completely changed my life over the last few years. So I brought him in and he did a three and a half hour, for lack of a better word, mindset shifting your identity workshop. And uh, I could just watch everybody's minds just get blown 
that whole time. And it was a, a pretty cool, surreal moment for me because I remember being on the receiving end of that a few years ago and uh, the quantum leaps that my life has had since uh, meeting this guy and going through this process. It's, it's unbelievable. And then we had a pretty kick-ass dinner the last night, went out to a really nice restaurant in Boston, got some fillets and all sorts of good stuff. And that was it, man. So, you know, really two, two solid days of content and tours and just a lot of really good people in a room. And there's just magic that happens when you get those types of people together. Especially in a way that like we can all masterminding, like the hot seats and the, the mindset piece was the biggest thing for me. Because if your mindset's not, not in the right place and you've got these paradigms that are holding you back that you don't even know about, if you go internal and know a little bit more and ask yourself a little bit more questions, then you can learn why those paradigms are coming up. You can change them and you can start to attract what you want in the real world. And so I've got five, no, six pages of notes from just one mindset session. And I think that's, that was the biggest takeaway for me was staying in the content. Like I've been successful in short-term rentals. I've had great success over the last two years, but now my goals have grown as always. And to become the guy that I want to become, I need to change. And it starts from the inside. It doesn't, it's not another course that I need to get. It's not a, you know, more time than I need to get. It's not, you know, hiring another, you know, person to come work for me. It's I got to start inside first and then the rest will take care of itself. So that was, that was my, my biggest takeaways and, and just being able to be in an environment of other people that are doing the same thing too. And we're seeing, we're literally seeing change in 40 people in that room. The vibration just, it, it levels up and then you walk away feeling changed, feeling like a new man. Yeah. And again, just on the back of that event, I got three very specific text messages from people that are like actively doing deals right now. You know, got some hotel deals in Hawaii, one in Wisconsin, one in California, one down towards Arkansas. And just again, when you, when you come off an event like that, it just keeps the momentum going and it keeps giving you that, that courage to keep pushing. Cause you know that you've got that support system behind you to, to help keep leveling you up and help you avoid any crazy mistakes. So I was super pumped. I'm looking forward to the next one in, uh, in the spring, really looking forward to WealthCon as well in uh, February, but yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm feeling good. I was up, I was telling you offline, I was up bright and early going for a run, getting back into it and just, just super grateful, really, really grateful for how crazy my life has changed in a relatively short period of time, uh, because of this industry and because of the people that I've surrounded myself with that continue to support, encourage and challenge me, man, it, it's, it's unbelievable. So. Super excited about all of that stuff. If you want more info about the boardroom, Mike, where, where should they go for that? Yeah, just strsecrets.com slash apply. Book a call with us. We can talk to you about your goals, your background, what you want to achieve, and um, just have a conversation. Yep. And again, if you're brand new, we've got other programs. This is not for, for the newbies, for sure. We've got other programs that are designed to, to get you to that point. But if you're a seasoned operator and you've been looking for a tribe of people that are, are doing big things and thinking bigger and, and pushing, this is the group for you. So that's all we got for this week, folks. Hope you guys have an amazing week. Have an amazing Thanksgiving. And we will talk to you guys soon. Hey, STR Nation, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. And in the comments, let us know what topics you want us to cover on upcoming episodes. And we'll make sure to get that in the books for you. 
And if you really want to learn how to launch, automate, and scale your short-term rental business, if you want to go deeper, then check out our free masterclass at strsecrets.com.